Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. Life We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Welcome your hosts, Byron White and Amanda Smith. Welcome everyone to the Life Tips show. We're happy to have you back. We're here today with a with a uh, guru extraordinaire, Jeremy Korzanowski, who I may or may not have pronounced the name properly, uh, and he'll tune in in a few minutes, but until then, Amanda, how are you? I'm good. I'm sorry I keep booking guests whose last names neither of us can pronounce. Part of the, cri- part of the criterion, really, isn't it? it? It has to be. We're going to have to have, you know, two syllables or less. <laughs> You know, we are so thankful that uh, that the hurricane missed the, our, our good friends at WebmasterRadio.fm. Thank goodness for that, yeah? Yeah, that was a little sketchy last week, but we're glad they pulled through. Well, you know, when when you start to get emails from people you know and care about, you know, we're shutting down, we want everyone to know, it just it kind of hits home a little bit, like, wow, there are real people that live in Florida that could be greatly, uh, you know, affected by, by weather. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep, we have some very good friends um, in, a, in a couple different companies down there, and I know, you know, a bunch of our clients were calling in saying, we're, we're going to be out of town, we're leaving the area. Right, which was actually kind of good because it bought a little bit more time for us to, <laughs> to write <laughs> copy or do whatever we're doing for clients. <laughs> uh, but we're, we're thankful that, that everybody missed that, uh, that, that Category 4 storm. Wow, that, that, I yeah. can't even imagine the devastation that that uh, could have happened in Florida uh, and, and continues to perhaps happen somewhere else. So our thoughts and prayers to, to all of that. Um, well, until uh, <clears throat> you can make me understand uh, the auto blog world, interesting selection for a guest here. Um, what, what fascination did you have with this selection? <laughs> Man, well, and then we'll take a break in a minute. Uh, Jeremy focuses only on the eco-car industry, and Byron, he came across some super-secret insider info on some of the new hybrid and um, electric-powered cars that are coming out in the next year, like the cars that aren't even out yet, cars that aren't even going to be released until next year for the car shows. So he's got some really interesting insider news for us about, you know, hybrid luxury cars and all sorts of cool stuff in the industry going on. Where do you hear how exciting he is? Can't wait. Let's take a break, everyone, and we'll be back just in a, in a minute. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart. Had been out there with the code of ethics. Been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. 
Looking for a new way to build backlinks and traffic back to your website? Then look no further than the quickest and easiest way to blast your article to over 30,000 subscribers at the click of a mouse. Introducing ArticleSender.com, the world's premier article distribution service. With ArticleSender.com, you can submit your prize-winning piece to thousands of promising publishers and article directories craving for fresh content. ArticleSender.com also provides premium services so that your article is SEO, SEO ready. Plus, we provide express editorial review for rush delivery of your submissions within 24 to 48 hours. Article distribution at its easiest. One form, one click, thousands of results. Get your free account today at ArticleSender.com. That's Article S-E-N-D-E-R.com. Susan, you're still responsible for digital marketing programs, right? Right. So your team is responsible for email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign optimization, and scheduling? Your point? Why are you so relaxed? My team deals with five different solutions, tech support teams, and just as many invoices, and it's making us mental. What is it? Aromatherapy? Acupuncture? Why are you so relaxed? You just have to simplify your tool set and unify your team. Lyris provides totally integrated email marketing, web analytics, PPC campaign management, and calendaring functionality. It's all in one spot that provides a holistic view of all your team's efforts. And you get all of this functionality for $299 a month. So with Lyris, one company can do it all. I feel like I can cancel that acupuncture appointment already. To see how Lyris can simplify your life, visit Lyris.com or call 1-888-GO-LYRIS. Simplify, unify, and increase ROI with Lyris today. The Daily Search Cast. Oh, no. My other phone's ringing. Um, oh, I don't know how to turn that off. Oh, no. Go away. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Hang on, Marshall. I got to... Yeah. <laughs> Technical difficulties in the new house. The Daily Searchcast, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Jeremy Korzanowski. Did I pronounce that correctly, Jeremy? Um, it's close enough. If it starts with a K and ends with a ski, I generally answer to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a pleasure to have such a trooper like you on, on the show today. Thanks for being here. No problem. Tell us a little bit about Autoblog, and I think you have a few other... Uh, uh, contextual-based uh, platforms from which you communicate to the world? Um, yeah. <clears throat> I primarily write for um, Autoblog and Autoblog Green, um, which obviously by the name you can tell that that's the uh, eco-friendly side of the uh, um, Autoblog universe. But we're actually owned by America Online. Um, we're kind of their enthusiast uh, portal for uh, all the automotive news and reviews and, um, and that kind of thing. Did you say you own America Online? No, no, no. We are owned by America Online. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I'd like Tell to us... put that the other way, but no. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about about your involvement, what your role is there, how big the operation is for both Autoblog Green as well as Autoblog. Um, well, it's a pretty big operation. Um, like I said, we, we were purchased by America Online maybe uh, a year and a half ago. Um, before that, we were completely autonomous. Um, we, we started out just uh, 
using the blog format to cover the automotive industry. Um, most people are, are familiar with getting, uh, say, Motor Trend, Car and Driver, Road and Track in the mail, uh, on the newsstands or what have you. Um, but the Internet really offers, um, you know, I know you guys are into Internet radio, so you realize that it, it's just another way to communicate with people. Um, so that's what we're doing. We put up uh, about every half an hour between the hours of 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on Autoblog. Um, we put up a story, um, whether it's a, uh, an automotive review. Um, you know, sometimes we'll get a car or even a motorcycle for um, a, week or two, a week or two at a time, and we'll review it. Um, but the majority of what we cover is just the news. Um, we're uh, constantly in contact with uh, um, the different auto manufacturers and, uh, you know, spy photographers and whatnot. So we can kind of, we're the first, we, what we want to do is be the first place that people find out about something. Got it. Now, can you give us an idea of how many employees write for the publications um, slash web? Um, yeah. And yeah. both of them, is it, is it a big operation? You know, 10 people, um, 50 people? Give us an idea. You know, I, I, I don't know everyone who works here. Um, <laughs> I, there's, there's like 17 or 18 different writers on Autoblog, um, another 10 or so that cover the green side and Autoblog Green. Um, but uh, there's, I mean, there's a sales team, there's a development team, uh, there's a team of editors um, and photographers and videographers, all kinds of people. I, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say... There's probably 50 to 75 people who day to day have their hands involved. Wow, that's incredible! Is the primary source of revenue continue to be ads? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't see that kind of information ever. Um, I, <laughs> you know, I really don't don't even want to know necessarily because I wouldn't want their advertising to have any impact on what it is that I'm writing. Um, right. But we are we are all paid, and our salaries come from uh, advertising. Yes. That's exciting. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing is most hot and most interesting for your readers, particularly in the Autoblog Green. Um, well, hybrids and electrics um, mm -hmm. are by far the, the most, you know, they're the hottest topics right now. Um, diesels and the, uh, um, the big uptick in, uh, in two-wheeled transportation and even three-wheeled transportation is uh, pretty interesting to our readers, too. Uh, but definitely on the hybrid front, um, that's where really all the action is right now. Um, all the big players are working on hybrids. Uh, hybrid sales are way up this year, um, obviously with gas. Um, even though it might be down a little bit right now, um, everyone's hearing that that's not going to stay. It's not going to stay that way. We're never going to get down to the dollar, two dollars, three dollars a gallon that we were that we've been used to. It's it's hovering around that four dollar a gallon mark and it's gonna continue to do that if not go up. Um, so fuel efficiency is extremely important and even though there's uh, a lot more to a car and how a car can be green uh, than just the fuel economy that it gets, um, that is the number one concern at the moment. And hybrids are the uh <clears throat> I guess the quickest way that automakers can improve the fuel efficiency on their cars. Um, so I hate to ramble on, but Honda, uh, Toyota, General Motors, um, they're all working hardcore on their, their hybrids, um, or as General Motors calls their Volt. Uh, it's an extended range electric vehicle, but really it's just another form of hybrid. Tell me a little bit about um, the inside scoop on 
SUVs and Tahoes. No one's Chevy came out with what the Chevy Tahoe that was a hybrid. That I heard they only produced like two thousand of them last year in two thousand and seven, and they sold out and had a lot of angry people that couldn't get them. SUVs. I mean, there's so many SUVs on the road right now. What's what's innovate? What's what's good news with big cars? Because Americans love big cars and, and hybrids. Sure. Um, the you see the thing with SUVs is um, they they're kind of rightfully wrong or wrongfully they're they're kind of they represent everything that's wrong with the American automotive industry. But there is a number of people who require. Um, that type of vehicle. Now, the number is, as sales statistics have shown recently, that number is way smaller um, than it's been lately. So it's obvious that people have been buying uh, big SUVs for reasons other than the fact that they just need one. But for the people that, that are out there that live in the snow belt, the mountains, have lots of kids, lots of stuff to haul, uh, campers, whoever, um, the, the auto manufacturers, especially General Motors, are trying to cater to those people um, and continue to offer them large SUVs, but they're, they're putting hybrid systems on. And what's important about the current uh, hybrids, <clears throat> especially the ones from GM, uh, like the Chevy Tahoe that you mentioned, are, is that they use what's known as a two-mode hybrid system, which differs from uh, some of the cheaper, less expensive, and less efficient hybrid systems out there in that uh, it can run solely on electricity, it can run solely on gas, or it can run on a combination of both, which is not the case for many of the other hybrids that uh, are currently on the market. And, and how is the Chevy Tahoe? Do you recommend it? What's the inside scoop on it? And, and do um, they have enough of them to yeah, go around? I've, I've, <laughs> I've been in there. Um, it, it's it's kind of expensive. Um, that's one of the that's one of the rubs on, um, on on hybrids is the question: Do they really pay back? Um, the uh, Tahoe hybrid it costs quite a bit more. I, I don't know. It's five, six, seven thousand dollars more than the uh, standard Tahoe. So it takes some time for that to to pay back. Now it does pay pay itself back within about a five year time period. So if you're thinking that you're going to own it for five years or more. Um, you can expect it to actually make financial sense, but not up front. You're going to be paying more per month uh, to own that hybrid, even though you're going to be filling it up with less fuel to actually run on a day-to-day basis. Now, on, on that note, what, what cars are the most fiscally – which of the hybrid cars make the most fiscal sense right off the bat versus the ones that maybe, you know, they're, they're marketed as, as super smart for saving money and saving gas, but maybe they don't – you know, maybe it takes them a while. What uh, you consumer, reports, consumer reports in their, in their upcoming October issue, um, which, I, I don't know, subscribers might get it, might be getting it right around now, but I don't know that it's on newsstands yet. I have no idea. Um, but uh, in their October issue, um, they're going to highlight six hybrids that actually do save money um, in the long run. Some of them uh, earn lots of money. Um, the, the biggest winners are the Prius, um, the uh, Chevy Malibu Hybrid, um, the Ford Escape Hybrid, the new Saturn View Hybrid, the Toyota Camry Hybrid, and, like I said earlier, the Chevy Tahoe, which will, in fact, pay off within a few years, um, maybe five years. Um, and that's before any tax credits are factored in. Um, on some hybrids, not hybrids from Toyota, um, but on some hybrids, you actually get a pretty large uh, tax credit 
um, at the end of the year. And that's not a deduction. That's literally a credit. Mm-hmm. So it's up to, you know, say $3,500 for some of the more expensive um, and, and more efficient hybrids that are out there. Um, so even before you factor some of those uh, credits in, um, they do save money. And, and the way that the government figures out how much a hybrid gets on a tax credit is um, it takes the cost of the car, it takes a competitive model that is not a hybrid, figures out how much gas you're saving, uh, figures out how much it actually costs to buy the vehicle, and they give you a credit. Once the manufacturers reach 60,000 vehicles, they no longer qualify for that credit. Um, both Toyota and Honda have hit that mark already. So Honda's being phased out. You get half the normal credit on Hondas right now, and Toyota gets no credit at all anymore. So as far as, like, making fiscal sense, um, on some models you just got to – you just got to figure it out on gas. On other models, you figure it out on gas savings plus tax credits. So maybe it just comes down to a dedication to be more, you know, eco-driven versus saving money, right? Well, it depends. The ones, yes and no. The one, the 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 best hybrids, like the let's say the Prius and the Chevy Malibu hybrid, because those are, you know, mainstream popular cars. You could put the Ford Escape hybrid in there too. They will save you money. Um, in, in gas over just, just a year. Um, there are other hybrids, though, like the Lexus GS450, um, the Lexus RH4, uh, RX400H, and even the Toyota Highlander hybrid. Those are some of the more expensive hybrids, and they don't even come close to paying you back. Um, so if, if you're in the market for, let's say, a big um, luxurious car like the GS or a luxurious uh, crossover like the Lexus RX, you, you really have to be dedicated um, to emitting less and using less fuel um, more than you're dedicated to saving gas. So sometimes that's the case, but not always. And what are, what are we hearing on the luxury front? Like, what are we hearing from Lexus and Tesla? Are they really keeping up with the smaller Toyota and Hondas? Um, yeah, well, Tesla doesn't really count against any anyone else because there's no one else who really makes a vehicle quite like theirs and offers it to the public. Um, now it's a, it's a hundred thousand um, dollars plus. So yeah, I mean it's not like you're gonna it's not like you and me or anyone you know is just gonna run out to their local Tesla dealer and pick one up like like you might do a Prius. Um, so the Lexus though, yeah, they they're dedicated to hybrids and Toyota's dedicated to hybrids. And both Toyota and Lexus are saying now that they're going to offer hybrid versions of everything in their lineup, from the very cheapest cars to the most expensive cars. Um, And, in fact, there is going to be a new third generation of the Toyota Prius um, that we've only seen spy photos of it. Um, Mm -hmm. You can see the spy photos on on our Autoblog and Autoblog Green websites. But um, it's going to look a lot like the normal Prius. Um, it's going to be a bit bigger. Uh, they're also going to come out with another slightly smaller and cheaper hybrid model. Um, and Honda actually is going to uh, be releasing a, a new hybrid Prius fighter um, that's called the Insight. And it's going to start less than $19,000. Um, so the, the, the big auto manufacturers, they're, they're dedicated to hybrids. Um, you're going to see a Lexus version of the Toyota Prius also um, that will probably make its debut um, in uh, January at the Detroit Auto Show. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll, we're going to see all these things. They're not going to be going anywhere, but 
the the luxury brands and the you know the the small manufacturers they're really getting things started um, but they're not yet to the point where you know you're just going to run out and, and and pick one up and, um, and you know they're going to start seeing them in driveways or anything like that. Wow, you can run from nineteen thousand dollars to a hundred thousand dollars on a hybrid car. That's incredible. It's a huge range. Yeah, yeah. It, actually, the, the Tesla is not not really a hybrid. It's a fully electric car. Mm-hmm. Um, it just just today, as a matter of fact. Um, if people are listening live, um, just a few hours ago, uh, we got word from Tesla and their and their uh, um, engineers that they've officially completed what they call drivetrain 1.5. Um, there's 20-something cars that have actually already been delivered, Teslas, um, that have uh, what they're calling drivetrain 1.0. Um, the difference is in the motor and the gearbox. The gearbox on drivetrain 1.5 has two speeds. The gearbox on regular drivetrain 1.0 only has one. Um, so basically what the difference is, uh, in, when you keep it in the low gear, you're going to accelerate from 0 to 60 in, in right around that four-second, maybe just over four-second mark, which is absolutely amazing. That's, that's Ferrari, Lamborghini, that's Dodge Viper territory um, uh-huh. out of a car with, with zero emissions. Um, currently, they're, they're not quite that quick. Um, they're maybe five, five and a half seconds. Um, and that's because they had to put a drivetrain in there with a transmission that only had the one gear. Um, so uh, anyway, within the next few weeks, um, d- uh, customers are going to start getting deliveries of drivetrain 1.5, and everyone who currently owns a Tesla with drivetrain 1.0 is going to get upgraded for free. Wow, that's a pretty great, pretty awesome deal. I mean, yeah, hundred thousand yeah, dollars to get had, a guarantee like that. Yeah, they had to do it because they promised people um, a a car that could do one hundred and thirty miles an hour and could accelerate from zero to sixty in around four seconds. And to do that, they need two speeds in the on the uh, on the drivetrain. And what's what's interesting about it is there's you know there's a lot of debate about that because electric motors uh, in electric cars. Um, they make maximum power right off zero RPM. So as soon as you engage that electric motor, you've got maximum power, which is totally different from a car. You know, if people who are normal, norm, used to driving normal cars, they floor it, and as, the, as they watch the tech go up, the engine makes more power. That's not the case with electric cars. So you're going to see lots of electric cars with um, no transmissions at all, just a direct drive from the engine, or excuse me, from the motor, to the wheels, um, and if there are going to be gears, like in the Tesla, there's only going to be two, because it's just not necessary to do anymore. That's awesome. Tell me, I'm completely mesmerized with the Tesla. Tell me how many they're producing in total, how hard are they to get, what the cost is, particularly for the Roadster, Um, and do Um, do they take credit cards? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't help you on the credit card thing. They do have their own... Uh, dealerships that are starting to open up in California. I think there's two that are currently available right now, and, and we have been out there to visit them, and they're amazing. Um, that's, that, I mean, the ex- it's going to be an experience to buy a Tesla Roadster. Um, you're not going to order it on the Internet and you have it delivered to your house or anything like that. You're going to show up at the thing. They're going to completely fit you. They're, you're going to pick your color, pick everything, and it, it's going to be amazing. Um, right now, there are 20, as of today, there are 27 cars in customers' hands, there's 23 that are currently in progress, um, waiting, you know, waiting, finishing touches to be delivered. Um, and 
until they put drivetrain 1.5 in cars, there'll be 11 more that'll get drivetrain 1.0. Within the next two to three weeks, you'll see drivetrain 1.5 in all the cars. Um, And now that they do have that final drivetrain that they're truly happy with, they're going to ramp up production really quickly. Um, Right now, they're building maybe four cars a week. By the end of the year, they'll build 10 cars a week. By next March or so, say springtime, they'll be building 40 cars a week. Um, So there's just going to be a ton of them um, coming out in the next, say, six months. Um, So, you know, in hot markets like California, uh, maybe New York, Miami, you'll start seeing these things on on city streets in no time. And price for the Roadster? Um, You're hovering around the $100,000 mark if you've already ordered it. If you have not ordered it yet, you're going to be over that. Um, I... I don't have it sitting right in front of me. Um, I want to say it's in the $120,000, $125,000 range. Wow. And are they making any other cars other than the Roadster? Um, not currently. The Roadster is the only one that they make. Um, it's actually based on the Lotus Elise platform uh, from uh, uh, the United Kingdom. Um, they are currently building, or not building, but working on a a model called the Model S, which is going to be, think of a BMW 5 Series, yank the uh, straight-six BMW engine and put in a couple thousand laptop batteries and a motor, um, and, and that's what they're aiming for with the, uh, with the new Model S. Don't expect to see anything um, resembling a production car from the Model S until the 2011 model year um, mm-hmm. or so. Uh, I think in the in the time leading up to that, though, there'll be leaked spy shots. Um, there's currently they're currently testing um, Model S drivetrain in in the uh, uh, in the California area, and what they're what they're doing is they're taking Dodge Magnums, they're yanking the uh, engine and gas tank out of there, they're putting their battery pack in the back because you know the Magnum's a wagon, and they're putting the motor um, up front. So they're currently testing, but you wouldn't know it unless you see some white Dodge Magnums in the uh, in the San Carlos, California area with black rims and no wheel covers on them. Those are um, those are on the streets. Uh, Tesla testing their upcoming four-door sedan. Huh. What's the MPB? I just made that up, but miles per battery. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I wasn't exactly sure where you were going with that. Thought I had um, you there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I was miles per battery. Um, well, they, they haven't released any any of that kind of information yet. Um, the Tesla Roadster with drivetrain 1.5 gets 244 miles per charge, okay. um, which, you know, that would allow you to drive from, say, San Francisco to Las Vegas and back in a day. Um, people don't generally go that far. The average person drives less than 40 miles per day. Um, so that's, you know... Any any order of magnitude you can get over that 40 miles per day uh, number is that's icing on the cake. But you, they they would not release that car with with less than 200 miles uh, per battery charge. Yeah. Um, and you're looking at about three and a half four cents at current electricity rates um, per mile to run, which is uh, about a third of what it costs a uh, gas it costs to, to uh, uh, power a typical gas car per mile. Well, that's good data right there. How about the uh, recharging the battery itself? Tell us how that is 
how that works, even you know with a with a Tesla or any other party. I mean, you know, can I be driving on a long trip and stop for a cappuccino and you know uh, and plug into the <laughs> plug into the wall somewhere? Well, yeah, yeah, and recharge can. the battery and hang yeah. out for a while and be good to go for another couple hundred miles. Um, well, yes and no. See, that's there. That's part of the. That's part of what's currently being worked out. There's no current infrastructure out there uh, for electric vehicles. Like you know, you got a gas car or a diesel car, and you pull up to you, you know the Exxon Mobil station or Chevron station. You fill up. Fifteen minutes later, you're back on the road with a full tank. That's not how it's going to be with electric cars to start out with. Um, now, the what you have to what you have to think about is the faster a battery pack can give its charge, the faster it can accept the charge. So on the high-end electric cars like the Tesla um, and some of the other ones that are currently in development, like, say, the Chevy Volt and and some other cars, they can theoretically accept a charge at a very fast rate. The issue is where do you get that electricity from? It's certainly not a 110-volt outlet that you plug your hair dryer or, or iron in at home. Yes, you can plug it into those, but you're looking at between uh, – it, it varies depending on how big the battery is. But, you know, you could do a six to eight charge, a 68-hour charge before you're ready to go again on a, hundred, on a regular 110-volt outlet. Now, what, what you have to – it's not necessarily the voltage. Um, it's also the, it's the amperage that the outlet can give. So people who have – Let's say they have a spare dryer or, or range outlet in their house that puts out 220 volts. They likely have that hooked up to two 20-amp circuits in their home, which means you can charge it up to 40 amps uh, without tripping a breaker or anything like that. The battery would have no problem accepting that kind of voltage, and you can cut the uh, charge time in half with that kind of arrangement. Um, a lot of people... What is, what, what is the charge time? Um, well, it's it's about six hours, six to eight hours on a Tesla, depending on how how much amperage the charger can get out of your uh, out of your 110 volt socket, which is what people are typically um, going to be plugging their cars into. Um, a lot of Tesla owners, though, are getting special charging stations put in their homes. Um, in fact, the the founder of the company, Martin Eberhard, uh, he has a big, huge uh, solar array um, that charges up a big bank of batteries. And you can do a battery-to-battery charge in very short order. You could be talking about um, an hour that you could uh, charge your battery up completely um, if you have a, a big enough um, unit to charge from. What about solar panels on the car? Have they looked into that? Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of cars that are coming out right now that are going to have uh, solar power. You cannot get... Um, enough juice out of uh, out of a car's worth of solar panels um, to provide uh, unlimited power. So you could just get into a solar car and drive. Um, they do have those kinds of cars, but it's not something you're going to want to drive, and it's extremely expensive. It's the kind of thing that you see with three wheels that looks like you know, a, it looks like a, a UFO going down the street, <laughs> like those race cars that they that they run, you know, like for the universities. Um, they, they can put solar panels on a car, though, that can run accessories. So think of going out to your driveway. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, um, where it's often 100 degrees or more. Think of going out to your car every single day, and always when you get into it, it's 
perfectly air-conditioned. They could do that with solar panels, and that's the kind of thing that you're going to see happen. Um, things like fan blowers, things like uh, electric power steering, um, those kinds of things can be powered by solar, and that is going to be happening um, probably in very short order. If not, uh, if not this year or, or by the end of this year, then it will definitely start happening next year, hmm. possibly and even on the next generation Toyota Prius. I'm sorry I'm dominating calls here, Mandy. One more question because um, I'm just so geeked out with the, with the Tesla. How does it compare in driving to, say, you know, a 911 or a Ferrari or a Tesla? You know, how, how does it compare with, with the high-end sports cars of the world? Well, it compares and it doesn't compare. Um, it depends on what your expectations are. You're talking about a car that can, it can keep up with a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or Viper, no problem. Um, but the actual driving experience is unique. Um, so, you know, you get into, say, I don't, know how, I don't know if you've ever driven one, but let's say you get into a Porsche 911, and, you know, it's a typical car. You start it up by turning the key, you hear the engine in back, you hit the gas, you change gears, you do all that kind of thing. You don't do that in a Tesla. Um, you get in, you push a button, you hear nothing, but it's on. Um, you hit the gas pedal, which, I, I mean, it's not a gas pedal. I guess you could say it's an electricity pedal in a Tesla. And you, you hear silence, but it rockets forward. You can hear the squealing of tires. Uh, you can kind of hear the whine of, of you know, like, uh, you know, people who have, uh, you know, something with electric motors at home. Let's, you know, say a, a, a dishwasher or something. You hear, you hear that whine, but that's all you hear. You hear no internal combustion engine. Um, so it'll definitely keep up with on a track um, any modern supercar, sports car, um, with the added benefit of not having to change gears. Uh, you basically, unless you're going to be doing over 100 miles an hour, um, which you know, you're likely not, you're going to leave it in that first low gear, and you're never going to have to touch that again. So it's literally an on-off proposition out of the uh, gas pedal. So it's unique, um, but it's completely competitive. Do you think the high-end auto industry fanatics, sports car fanatics, will will adopt this, embrace this, you know, will we start seeing, you know, Tesla race, club, uh, Tesla race clubs, you know, is this going to become really super big, you think? Oh, it's absolutely going to happen, um, and it, it's actually currently happening right now. Um, With the 50 people that are the 27 people that all live yeah, on everyone Rodeo who Drive in one is, L.A. Is, <laughs> yeah, everyone who currently has one is extremely <laughs> excited about it. Um, but there, what that number, what those numbers don't reflect, is the waiting list. If Tesla <clears> could <throat> build 100 cars a week, um, right now they could sell 100 cars a week. There's a, a waiting. I mean, people like <clears throat> uh, Brad Pitt, George Clooney, um, you know, these kinds of people have not gotten their Teslas yet. They're mm-hmm. on the list, but they have not been, you know, important enough, I guess you'd say, to get their cars. The people who are getting their cars right now are the extreme early adopters, the people who started these electric companies, um, and, uh, you know, very, very important people in Silicon Valley. Those people are getting them right now. Everyone who has them is extremely excited, and you you haven't heard, um, or we haven't heard a negative thing about them yet, um, except the fact that a normal person can't just get one. All this stuff would be amazing and awesome if you could get it for the same 
let's say, $45,000, $50,000 that you can get a Lotus Elise for. That's not the case. You know, it's, it's more than twice that because of all the technology. And what people don't realize is that there's like 6,800 individual um, batteries in a Tesla that are all wired together to make a pack. Um, it, and the technology is it's, it's there, but it's expensive. So are you going to see, you know, Tesla racing clubs at every corner? Absolutely not. At every racetrack, no. But where, where Teslas are, you're going to see a huge amount of excitement in them. Um, and give it five years, and, you, you know, I, my prediction would be that you'll see, you know, electric race series right along with your, uh, you know, Porsche SCCA events. You'll see Tesla events or whoever it is that, that comes out with more electric uh, sports cars in the future. Um, it's, it's definitely going to pick up. I think we've lost Mandy. She's convinced I'm just going to ask you questions for the next 45 minutes. You know what? All I'm concerned with is, are the cars pretty? <laughs> That's really all well, I want to know. Are they going to make me look good behind the wheel? <laughs> beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Um, you know, I, I think the Prius is its an okay-looking car. It's not beautiful. Um, the new Honda Hybrid looks very similar to the Prius. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny you should mention that. We actually have uh, the very first pictures of the Chevy Volt up on our website right now. They were released on accident um, and taken down almost immediately, um, but we did manage to get a hold of them. We put them up on the Internet. You can see it um, on autobloggreen.com. Is, um, is that the car that they're using in Transformers 2? It is. Um, cool. As a matter of fact, the first time that anyone saw it, was in uh, you know a handheld Sony Handycam uh, uh, spy video of the uh, Transformers of a Transformers Two scene where there was a dark um, a dark blue uh, Chevy Volt. It is not going to be a Transformer, mm-hmm. um, but it is yeah. going to be in the movie. That's really cool. Yeah, and it's it's a good looking car. Um, it doesn't looks it looks similar to the concept. You can see that the styling pieces are there. Uh, but, you know, when they put the Chevy Volt in the wind tunnel for the first time, the concept, it actually scored better from the back than it did from the front. It was an extremely unaerodynamic design. Um, wow. So they had to make major changes to it. They had to streamline it. They had to curve it. Um, they had took the grill off and all this other kind of stuff that, um, is it pretty? That's, you know, like I said earlier, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. It's hard to say. Um, I think it's an okay-looking car. I'd drive it, no problem. Um, but is everyone going to think it's pretty? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely have a cool job, Jeremy. You get to go out and you get to test drive these cars and write about them, and thats I think that's awesome. Personally, all I want in my driveway is an Audi TT hybrid. That's what I'm waiting on. <laughs> well, there's no hybrids, but there's diesels. Really? There should be a, yeah, there, there'll be, uh, I think next year, there'll be an Audi TT diesel that might be uh, it. It'll definitely be in Europe, um, but it very well might make it to the States, too. So you might get your dream. It won't be a hybrid, but uh, you'll get good gas mileage out of the little diesel engine. Well, that's it. I'm not even going to register for wedding gifts. I'm just going to register for the car. That's all I want. There you go. (laughs) So I think that is pretty much all our time for this week, Byron. What do you think? Well, it's been a great show. Jeremy, thanks so much for being on the show today. Great, great stuff. You've got some blood pressure raised, at least on my end, for the test. Wow. (laughs) Sign me up. I'm not sure if I can even afford to get on the waiting list now, but I'm going to work on on bumping ahead of George Clooney, I think, for a delivery. That's my goal. (laughs) 
I'll vote for you. <laughs> that you know, there should be a voting system. Yeah. <laughs> Who gets this the first? Let's, let's talk Clooney to Martin or, about uh, that. We need popularity votes for the distribution of his cars. That's right. <laughs> Sign in ballots. <laughs> I think George might beat me on that one, but yeah. Listen, again, thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate your knowledge and your expertise in this topic area. Really great stuff, and thanks for uh, all the writing you do with, with Green green Autos as well and educating and acknowledging and, and bringing some great knowledge to everybody. So thanks for being on the show, Jeremy. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Right on. Until next week, everyone, I hope your, your, uh, your car life in the fast lane was a little bit smarter. Better. Faster. And more eco-driven. <laughs> more, I, I, we should have saved faster for last, actually. Oh, that's right. I faster should have. in the fast lane. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you next week. See you, Mandy. Bye-bye.